0: Along is we're in a series called I church. There's one takeaway for this series. That's I church There is no I in church, but there is a you there is no I in church But there is a you and this means for us to get the most out of church. We've got to start viewing church Properly, we've got to start viewing it properly. And what does that mean? That means it's not about what I need It's not about what I want, but it's about what God has said about the church It's what God has established in his word about the church when we desire for the church to become what God has said about it Then the needs of you and I will automatically be met. Amen Amen. When we desire for the church to become what God has said about it Then Joel doesn't have to worry about his needs because his needs are being met Then you don't have to worry about your needs because God will meet your needs The Bible says he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus And so I get that brings me great hope that when we do what God said to become the church that he's looking for Everything that we need in this life will be taken care of And so like most things in the kingdom of God though It's very contrary to how our carnal mind begins to think about things And so with that we will never be fulfilled as a follower of Christ until we go from a big eye and a little church to a little eye and a big church Until we go from a big I and a little take to a little I and a big serve. Until we go from the big I and introvert, until we go to where we're at today, a little I and a grow. We grow relationally with one another in the presence of God. Until we go from IQ, intelligence quotient, to I know. I don't want you just to have great intelligence about God. I actually want you to know the God of all creation, have an encounter with Him. And in the Word of God, encounter means face-to-face experience with Him. And really, really know Him in a way that, that, that begins to, to even boggle your mind, but the most intelligent mind in all of creation. See, God didn't look for us to become intelligent. He looked for us to become intimate. Okay, I'll say it again. He didn't want a group of believers just to become intelligent about him. He wanted a relationship for us to be intimate with him. Yeah, yeah. And we're going there in the kingdom of God, And so as we do this, we know that we're in a series called Planted all year long, and we want you to get strategically planted in the house of God with us. And we want you to get planted for this reason. The Bible says this, that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. And we're doing specific things throughout this summer to make that happen. We're starting a whole bunch of different groups to go from I take to I serve to go from introvert to I grow to go from IQ to I know when we're starting uh, serve groups grow groups and know groups because we want your life to be completely fulfilled in how you serve in who you know but also how much you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as we're embarking on all this, here's where we're at in the strategic timeline Um, um, over the summer. uh, Pastor Corey stepped up and became student ministries pastor last week. Amen. And so we're excited about that. But crazy enough, that wasn't the biggest news in his life last week. I mean, I had to call Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook and apologize because Corey and Jericho hijacked Facebook with their engagement photos, so congratulations on y'all's engagement. Excited for you guys. We're praying for y'all. And so he took over a student ministries pastor last week, and, and now he's engaged this week, and I don't know what's in store next week. So, so, so uh, we'll keep our eyes tuned in to social media to find out. But then also, um, uh, Pastor Damon's still on a vacation, but he's going to come back uh, into his role next week as new Connect pastor. And his only job is this, to help you as the body of Christ connect to get plugged into a serve group a grow group and a no group to find your place to belong to find how you can be planted right here at TWBC in every area of your life be fulfilled and then we know that we have this coming Wednesday night and the next Wednesday night and that'll be our last Wednesday night service for all the adults because by then we want you to get plugged in a serve group a grow group or a no group and start with your group of people and then on July the 11th this becomes a student ministry and kids facility because we are overflowing amen the next generation. Hallelujah. And so it's time for us to turn this facility over to them on Wednesday night and watch them become all that God's called them to become while you become all you're called to become and get in a serve group, a grow group, or a no group. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Where do you belong? And as I mentioned earlier, the title of this morning's message is I belong. And Mark chapter 1 verse number 16 says this, Passing, along this, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. That is such a profound statement that he made. He said, follow me, come belong to me, and I will make you, it doesn't automatically happen, I will make you become fishers of men of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets, and immediately he called them, and they left their they left their father in the boat with the hired servants and they followed him. And so you've heard us say over the last 2 months, we do not want to do church for you any longer. We want to do church with you. We do not want to do church for you any longer. We want to do church with you. Last week we told you the why. Why do we want to do church with you? Because 70% of knowledge that you gain is gained through on-the-job experience. 10% of the knowledge you gain about Christ and serving and growing is done through formal education like this, a lecture-style seating. So why do we need lecture-style seating to get the 10% of the information so we can activate the 70% of our life and go to the next level, amen? So if 70%, if 70% of knowledge is gained through doing, not listening, then I believe we should start doing church with you instead of doing church for you, amen? And now this does not mean you come to 70% less Sunday morning services, what that means is you have 10% of your knowledge is gained through settings like this. That means you should have seven times more of an application in your life. Yeah. Amen. Of how to live it out. So what we say on Sunday morning is not just to be heard. It's to be done. And we want you to start going and being. And we want to do church with you in the body of Christ. So now that you know the why, today is the answer of how. How? You know, it doesn't do a lot of good to ask a question about why if we don't tell you the how. If I give you an intellectual answer, that's good, but I want to explain to you today how we're going to do it, how easy it is for you to do it and be a part of this process in the I grow. So there is no I in church, but there is a you, but you cannot do it alone. Amen. Amen. There is no I in church, but there is a you. But man, a lot of times we've done it alone for so long, we've missed it. You cannot do this thing alone by yourself. And the crazy thing is you can come to a packed auditorium like this and still feel all alone. Yeah. And as we build our next building in the next couple years and want to get into it in September in, 20, in the year 2020, if, we, if you don't feel at home or if you feel alone in a building this size, how are you going to feel in a building twice this size? You cannot do this Christian walk thing alone. And the more I'm starting to hang out with believers and let accountability come into my life, I do not want to do it alone. (laughs) It's so much funner, funner, East Texas. It's so much more fun. Hey, all the kids are out of school. So is Joel. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And the funny thing is all y'all East Texan people, you you followed right along. Amen. Because you are my people and I'm doing church with you. Amen. Amen. But here's the deal, you cannot do this thing alone, and the more you do it with people, the more fun it becomes. The more exciting it becomes. I love seeing over the past week, all these people just spontaneously meeting throughout the city and saying, group life. And then somebody else posts on Facebook, hey, I'm not doing anything tonight. Who wants to do group life? Who just wants to get together? And then other people just casually meeting up at a restaurant, unintended, and go ahead and eating dinner together and then saying, group life. Group life is exactly that. It is exactly that easy. And so I grow is, is, is about us not doing church alone, but growing relationally with, many, with, with, with other people. Many Christians think it is okay to live like a lone ranger, but that's really not true. I can do this thing by myself. I got this, God. Me and you, we're a great team. <laughs> right? Listen, if you live long enough as a lone ranger you'll start feeling like the lone stranger in the church that you say you belong to if you live long enough as the lone ranger doing it by yourself all by yourself I don't need help I can do the coffee by myself I can do the envelopes in the backs of chairs by myself I can get the baptism done by myself you're gonna find yourself if you live long enough as a lone ranger you're gonna find yourself being a lone stranger And you'll walk in one day and all these people are going to have relationships and you're going to be like, I do all this stuff, but I feel all alone. That's never been the intention of the body of Christ. It's never been the intention. That's why in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, the Bible says this, and day by day, everybody say day by day." Day by day. And day by day, this is what happened in the life of the New Testament church, and day by day. And if we would catch that, and day by day, they did two main things. Attended the temple together, came to a setting like this and worshiped together as the body of Christ. And breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Amen. We don't have a problem with receiving food with glad and generous hearts. We do have a kind of an issue of getting together in each other's homes. Right? And so I'm going to encourage you guys, start out in a restaurant But as you get to know somebody, gravitate to a house. Start out in a restaurant, but as you get to know somebody, gravitate to a house. Because there's something that happens in the midst of somebody's home. And listen, and the Lord, and, and excuse me, and praising God, so they received food with glad and generous hearts, and they praised God, and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So... The first part, it said they got together day by day. The result of verse 47, people got born again day by day. When we get together day by day, people will start being born again day by day. When we start not forsaking the fellowship of believers together, and and truly understand this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, amen? Day by day, when we gather day by day, people will begin to be born again. Because the favor of God begins to rest on this type of, of, of gatherings. Now listen, what is a group? U plus two is a group. That's it. U plus two is a group. I want to tell you about one of the groups I'm in. One of the groups that I'm in started because um, I was helping a guy coach a soccer team. And another guy from our church, his son was on that soccer team. And we looked around and realized, hey, we're all going to this same church. That's a pretty neat deal, and we're all on the same soccer team. Didn't really think much of it until we got together and we all joined a base group, and us three guys were all in the same base group. And after about halfway through base groups, I just texted both of the guys, and I said, guys, I don't know if you've noticed this, but here's what I think God is doing. We all have kids that are the same age. We're all on the same soccer team. We're all in the same base group. I think God is trying to show us that maybe us three need to start hanging out with one another. And they were both like, yeah, that sounds great. When do y'all want to get together? Somebody said, well, my schedule's crazy. How about 6 a.m.? Praise <laughs> God. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a team player. I'm not going to be the lone stranger. I'll be a team player. Amen. And so I said, hey, that works for me this time. <laughs> I was fully intending on changing the time frame. So that works for me this time. And so we got together, and we ate breakfast together, and we laughed, and we had such a good time. The hour flew by, and we all had to run home and get our kids ready for school. And we looked at each other, and we said two things. Let's do this again. And somebody said, same time next week? (laughs) And I looked at him, and I said, I'll be here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And we all went and got, and, and then before we left, we said, hey, we'll see you guys Sunday. This has been a blast. Yeah, so we got together Sunday, and then we went to base group Sunday night, and we had soccer practice on Tuesday night, but then the Thursday morning rolled around, and here comes the text, hey, are we getting together, and this was Wednesday afternoon, are we getting together tomorrow? Absolutely, and we got together, and we've been just doing this, and you know what, it's the most fun hour of the week, 6 a.m. in the morning, surprise, surprise, you know, and it's amazing to see when God just puts two people in your life and says, hey, let's do this thing together, let's just see what happens. Our kids are the same age. We have the same struggles in life. We don't know how to balance kids and work and everything else that goes on, even though all three of our professions are completely different. And I said, if y'all are okay with hanging out with a preacher, I'm okay with hanging out with a a salesperson and a lawyer. Amen. (laughs) I'm telling you. Amen. Hallelujah. Not sure who's getting who saved, but I know if I ever need something sold, I know who I'm calling. I know if the church is ever in trouble, we got a lawyer. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they got a friend that they can call on 24-7. So you plus two is a group. And Jesus said this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 19. And it says, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three, everybody say three are gathered together in my name. There I am among them. Now I said you plus, plus two as a group. But pastor, the Bible says two can get together. You don't really even need three. So why, am, why are we qualifying with three? Here's why. Because we want a minimum of th- three because we know that three can't be there all the time. So there is still the power if only two of you can make it. There's been several times when me and these couple guys would get together. And one of us would say, hey, I'm out of town. I'm on a sales call. I got to be in St. Louis. And me and me and the other guy got together. Or there's been a time like last week. Hey, I'm going to be in Amarillo for three days this week. Hey, they can get together. So if there's three, two of you can still always get together. And there's power when just two of you get together. But I know what happens when three of us get together. Yeah, man. An amazing thing begins to occur where two or three agree upon it as touching anything. It will be done for them by my father in heaven but if there's just two of you and one can't make it the scenario goes to I again it doesn't go to one it goes to I yeah. and we need a little I and a big serve a little I and a big grow a little I and a big no to make what God wants to do possible and so what are we going to do when we get together the same thing it talks about in verse 46 and verse 47 we're going to eat hallelujah thank you Jesus we have breakfast all the time we go into the same restaurant every single week, and I walk in, and the lady says, I know what Joel wants. He wants his usual. What do you other two guys want? They, they're still younger in age, so they're still spontaneous and change it up. We call ourselves the new old people, right? Because we get there at 6 a.m., and there's a couple other guys that are always there before 6 a.m. We haven't arrived to their legacy yet, Amen. But we're the new old guys and we come in and we sit down and we enjoy life together and we hang out. And so with that, what do we do? It says praising God. We talk about God and we pray for one another. We don't have an all in-depth Bible study. This is a grow group. We want to grow relationally with one another. We're in the same area of life. We're in the same things of life. Our kids are the same age. We have the same Xbox struggles with every one of our kids. Amen. Right? And all you people who teach my kids about Fortnite, it's on. I can't get my kid off the headset, right? (laughs) But I got two other guys who got the same struggle with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of y'all are thinking, if that's the biggest problem you got, no, that's not. But I'm not going to release all of our information. Amen. It's a grow group. We're growing together. And I'm going to hold confidential. What's confidential? Playing Xbox ain't too confidential. It's a struggle. (laughs) And so we talk about God and we... Pray for one another. Follow me real quick on this. If I got this chair here, and I go to breakfast every day by myself, and I read my Bible on my phone like most people do today, what does it look like I'm doing? Facebook, texting, Twitter. It looks like I'm by myself doing nothing now I could be reading my Bible I could be in-depth in the presence of God by myself and that happens all the time when I'm by myself but when two other chairs pull up around the table and we got two other chairs there none of us have our phones in our hand none of us are looking at that because real relationship trumps superficial relationship every time and so we gather around this table And you know what? People are starting to look. It's like, why do they get together every single week? Why not? We love each other. We talk about God. We talk about the struggles of life. We pray for one another. And we commit to seeing each other. Hey, I'll see you Sunday morning. And you know what? These guys are so faithful in the church to do amazing things. And I love seeing what God is doing through group life that just gets together. But if... There's just two of you and one can't make it. I show up to go back to superficial. Looking at Facebook, wishing my guys were here. Wishing I had friends. Living as a lone stranger, never having real relationship. And the crazy thing about social media relationships is this. Social media relationships usually show everybody's highlights, not their lowlights. And when you only see somebody else's highlights, you think you can never live up to that persona, and so you never develop real relationships. But how many of you know when my friend was coaching this soccer team, and I come alongside to help him coach this soccer team, I praise God for the third guy who came along to hold us back from acting crazy when we were coaching the soccer team, amen? And I'm not calling names because it's surely y'all figured out a couple of these people by now, right? And there's accountability automatically built in. And so we say to one another, see you on Sunday, and it goes back to verse 46, and day by day they gathered in the temple together. See, many of us want the favor of God and for the church to grow like verse 47. And God added to their church daily those who were being saved. But we can't have the favor of verse 47 until we start apt actually doing I grow in verse 46. Right. See, a lot of us want to sit at home and pray, oh God, bring great revival to the church. And he said, if you would get together with two or three other people, I could actually fulfill my scripture because you're doing what I asked you to do. It goes back to what we've talked about countless times again. We sit here and we ask God to do what he's told us to do. God just says, if you'll get together and talk about me and pray for one another, there's going to be favor come upon you and people are going to start getting born again. People are going to start experiencing life in a way that they never have. And some of you are still sitting here thinking, this is not for me. This is not for me. I don't know what I'm going to do, but listen to this. Jesus said this in verse 17 of Mark chapter 1. It says, and Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. He said, come and belong to me or follow me. And he said, I will make you become. If they would have said, Jesus, I'm following you, but never followed him. Would he have been able to make them become? No, the only way he was able to make them become fishers of men rather than fishers of fish was this. By hanging out with him in groups of 1, 3, or 12, yeah. Yeah. right? It's by hanging out with him and doing life with him and eating fish on the beach together, amen, yeah. and finding out what it's like to be in relationship. Now listen to this. This is one of the most important parts of the whole message. You have option one, which is the right option, okay? So everybody say, I choose choose. option option one. Here's option one. When you belong, you will begin to believe and you will become. When you have a place to belong, a people, a group, today's terminology, when you have a squad to belong to, when you have a squad to belong to, you will begin to believe And then you will become. And I believe this more than anything. We don't even, if you want to come into TWBC, you don't have to believe like us. You don't have to try and act like us. You don't have to try and look like us. But if you come and begin to belong to us, this is why joining the churches is so important in your life, even though it may not sound important to you. When you'll make a decision that I belong here, then you'll start believing the way things believe around you and you will start becoming Who you are this is what jesus did with the disciples for three years. He said come belong to me He didn't say come believe in me He did not say come and act like me He said just come and belong to me come and follow me because if you follow me long enough You're going to start believing what I say and when you start believing what I say, you'll start doing what I do Come on i'm gonna say that again. That's a good word He said he didn't say come and believe like me first. He didn't say who am I? They didn't say the son of god and follow me. He said no come and follow me it wasn't until a series of events took place did he say, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He followed Jesus for about a year and a half before he ever confessed his belief in who he was. That's good. So the purpose of this is you can come and belong to us. And then if you hang around us and truly get invested, you'll start believing in Jesus Christ at a high level in an amazing way. And then you'll start doing what the Bible says you can do. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But it doesn't happen the other way. It happens by coming and belonging, coming and becoming a, a group of people. And we start believing on the word of God because Jesus is the word made flesh. And when we start believing together and believing alike, where two or three agree upon it as touching anything, you'll start doing what Jesus said do. And so my heart cry to you this morning is this, come and belong. Come and find a place to serve, to grow, to know, or to serve, grow, and know. Amen. Amen. And this isn't an either or thing. You can be involved in all three groups. You can be involved in a serve group on Sunday, a grow group on Tuesday morning with your coffee friends, and a no group on Thursday night. I don't care. Be involved in all three groups if you want to. Get yourself three squads to belong to. Listen, I got so many groups to belong to. I got a staff group. I got an elder group. I got my three guys group. And then there was a couple other couples who were going through some things in life. And they said, hey, can we just start a group for the time being? And we're like, sure, why not? I got groups coming out of my ears. And I got two more I want to be in. (laughs) So I told the other groups, I'm not leading any of these groups. Well, I'm leading my staff and elder group, obviously. But the other two, I'm not leading anything. I'm just participating in everything. So I'll eat the food with you. But I'm not bringing a Bible study every week. You heard me preach on Sunday. If we're getting together Sunday night, I'm not preparing a whole other message just for you. But you can prepare a message for me. Hey, Hey, you can bring a verse of scripture for me. You can tell me what God's doing in your life because I shared with you what God's doing in my life. And man, another group I want to start is called Redeemed Shepherd. Redeemed Shepherd, what is that? Man, we got several people in our church who used to pastor a church at one point. And if you've done that, if you've pastored a church at one point and you're sitting in this service or the next service, I want to get with you because I don't believe the call of God was lifted off your life even though you went through a bad situation. I don't believe you're done. I don't believe you're finished. I don't believe the call was lifted off your life. The giftings and callings of God are without repentance, the Bible says. So I want to get a group of pastors together who formerly were lead pastor of a church and say, I'm fixing to watch you walk with me for a while and God's going to light a new fire in your life. And you may go pastor another church or you may help pastor this church. I don't care, but I know there's still a call on your life and I'm calling it out. Man, I'm excited about that. And I haven't got the approval from Pastor Jeff for the other group, so I'm just going to leave it silent for now. See, even I'm submitted to authority. See, I may be the lead pastor of a church, but he's lead pastor over all groups, and i got to submit to him in this area. And until he says, Pastor, you can go do whatever you want to with that group, i got to wait for his go-ahead. i got to wait for his go-ahead. And we, we submit to each other like this in leadership. It's his job. I, I can't trump him on this. I can't boss him around and say, I'm doing this whether you like it or not because, no, I gave that authority to him. And if I did that, I would take the authority from him, and then guess what? Then I would have to be over all (laughs) groups. Yeah, that's not a good thing. (laughs) So he's there. And so listen, option two is this. This is the bad option. When I do not belong, I am forced to behave to fit in and not believe to fit in and will never become. When I do not belong... When you come here and you do not belong, you think you got to act a certain way to fit in. Oh, everybody on the front three rows is raising their hand, so I guess if I'm on the front three, I got to act. See, when I don't belong, I got to act to fit in. I got to see if I can act like them and look like them and talk like them. So you got to say funner and fishes rather than more fun and a lot of fish, right? So I got to get bad English if I'm going to be at that church, right? No. When you do not belong, though, you are forced to behave, to try to fit in, when you're going to end up failing miserably, and you'll never believe and do what God has called you to do. So here's the deal with the whole thing. When my belonging is based on my behavior, I am forced to live and be something that I am really not. When my belonging is based on my behavior rather than my belief, I'm forced to be Somebody and live a life that I'm really not have you ever tried to fit in in a group where you really didn't fit in But you were trying to live life that really wasn't your life Right when you know you're a good old boy at heart, but you're trying to wear a blue collar Or you or you or you've been in the white-collar world so long But now you got to go out and do some blue-collar work, right? I mean, it's just kind of weird But if I start acting like them and my behavior happens like them, then I'll be able to fit in See, when you don't belong, you got to behave to fit in. And Jesus never said that. Hear this next phrase that I'm about to say. Listen to this. This will change your life. Christianity is not behavior modification, it is believing modification. Christianity is not about modifying your behavior. If you got a foul mouth, don't try to fix your foul mouth. Start believing in a God. Who is omnipotent and omnipresent and is always with you and it will change what you say. Do you understand that Christianity is not about modifying your behavior? It's not about acting better. It's about believing differently because what you really believe, you really do. If you really believe in tithing, you really do it here in about 15 minutes. Right? If you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you become born again. If you don't, you just act to fit in. If you really believe, your actions change. But when we try to change because of behavior modification, we can only live a certain way so long, but you got this natural thing in your life, it's called a bent, and you can try to make it straight, but over time, you're going to go right back. It's not about behavior modification. It's about believing modification. I'm going to wrap up with this. Being together is a necessity, not an option. Necessity together. Now listen to this. It is not about looking up, and it's not about looking down. It's simply about looking around. It's not about looking up. See, some of you are wanting to get into a group and say, I want to be like that guy someday, so you feel like you're down here, and he's way up here, and you're saying, if I get in his group, I can be like him someday. The only him you should want to be like is him. The only him you should want to be like is him. Oh, I want to go to Pastor Mitch's group because I want to learn to sing and I want to be like him someday. No, I don't want you to be like him. I want you to be like him. And if worship comes out because you're believing right, then you can live worship. So it's not about looking up. It's not about who you look up to in the church. It's also not about this. Knowing you got great gifts and callings and you're looking down on somebody who needs help and saying, I'm going to reach down and help pull you up. I'm going to reach down and help pull you up. John, get up here real quick. This is John Redd. He's one of our elders. Come on. If John is struggling down there, and I'm up here trying to pull him up, he's not going to come up. But if John's really struggling, John, try and pull me down. It's a lot easier for him to pull me down than it is for me to pull him up. So it's not about looking up, trying to be like somebody. It's not about finding somebody down and trying to lift them up. But it is about this. It's about looking around. Saying, hey, John. You want to be an elder at TWBC? (laughs) That's what I did when I first had coffee with him. (laughs) It was pretty much like, hey, John, I got something for you. You want to grab coffee? And that's my tell. If I ever say, hey, you want to grab coffee? (laughs) There's a plan in place. It's how Derek got hooked. (laughs) It's how John got hooked. (laughs) Hey, you want to grab some coffee? See, it's about looking around. And Jesus said this. When his disciples came back, he said, look, for the fields are ripe unto harvest. And we always equate that to the lost people out there. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who know Jesus and still need saving. There's a lot of people who know Jesus and still need saving. Y'all give John a hand clap this morning. So my ministers, if you guys could come. There's a lot of people who know Jesus this morning but you still need saving you got something in your life going on and we've seen this hashtag called better together but the truth of the matter is it's this the Bible says it's necessity together it's a necessity that we get together it's a necessity that we have group life it's a necessity that we grow together relationally so my challenge for you this week is look around this auditorium right now Everybody look around this worship center right now. Every one of you have seen two people that you say, I would like to grab a cup of coffee with them. I would like to grab a cup of coffee with them. And some of you are elbowing your spouse right now and say, hey, there's a couple over there that's here. It's their second week in a row. Why don't we grab coffee with them? Hey, you plus two is a group. That's four of you right there. Your group's already bigger than my group. (laughs) Come on now. It's about I grow and this morning my heart is truly this it's truly this I want you to know Christ in a deep way in an intimate way if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life this morning if you've never made him the Lord of your life this morning he is the Lord and he's a father to the fatherless he's one who takes care of you this morning will you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life on this Father's Day if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to ask you this. Are you one of the people who know him and still need saving? What do I mean by that? You know Jesus and he's your only hope, which is the only hope you need. But you've got other issues going on in your life that you need to be saved from. See, born again was the event. Saving takes place day by day. Born again is the new creation when it started. But he says, work out and walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. And what that means is, every day I'm waking up calling on the name of Jesus. But sometimes it's easier to call on Jesus when i got two people with me to call on him. If you still need saving today, I'm not saying you're not born again. I'm saying we're always in need of a greater encounter with the Savior for every season of our life. And it's just easier to have it when i got... A couple of people to ride in a car for seven hours with me to Amarillo, Texas. Right? It's a little bit easier when I don't got to make that seven hour drive by myself. Because I got a group, I got a squad, I got people in my life. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand this morning. And in this